Welcome to Meet Sandvik, a podcast where you get to meet a mix of people from inside and outside Sandvik who will bring interesting perspectives to different questions that impact our industry. In this episode, I, Martin Blomgren, press manager at Sandvik, will meet two persons that really have to look into the future when they decide what should be done today. So, a warm welcome to Lisa Gunnarsson from LinkedIn. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And also, a warm welcome to Johan Castell Thank from you Sandvik. So, thank you so much. Uh, so Lisa, can you start with telling me what, what is your role at LinkedIn? So I head up the Nordic region for LinkedIn, that's uh, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Finland. So that means that I take care of all of our members, our uh, staff and obviously our clients. Mm. And Johan, uh, you are the global head of HR here at Sandvik. Can you in a few words describe what, uh, what, the, what does that mean? Absolutely. It's a pretty fancy title, actually. Uh, it means that I have a clear responsibility for uh, HR activities that are within the, the group function. Uh, and I have a, I say, a very close relationship with a business where we set up the long-term and short-term priorities in HR for the entire Sandvik uh, group. Great. So uh, the theme for this pod episode is competences for the future. But before I will let you look into the crystal balls, Uh, I would like to ask you, Lisa, to give a short introduction to LinkedIn. I think that most most people know that it's a place on the internet where you can put your CV and you can you can apply for jobs. But uh, I guess that that many, like myself, don't have the full picture of what you offer. Uh, so if you can give a, a brief in, uh, introduction to the benefits, both for the members and for the uh, employers using your services. Absolutely, I'd be happy to. So LinkedIn is the world's biggest, largest professional network. So we have today 575 million members uh, of the whole globe. Um, we have, for the members community, I would say that the biggest benefits and what people usually do on LinkedIn is that they connect with other people. So actually, a average connection, an average person would have probably around 500 connections today. And I think that the biggest benefit that we have here is when you, in any role, will be working of with uh, suppliers, with clients, with vendors, anyone who you think could have a direct effect on your career, either mm. today or tomorrow. Um, something else that's increasingly important as we go forward into the new economy is obviously learning. So I think that the, in Nordics, the most common thing that we do on LinkedIn is actually learn. Okay. So we scroll our news feeds up and down. We actually scroll. I learned the other day, we scroll an average 90 meters a day on LinkedIn. Right. That's really long scrolling. <laughs> and um, so we learn a lot. Uh, LinkedIn is the other site after Wikipedia where people go to find business-related information. Um, and I think also... We tend to ask questions into the groups onto LinkedIn to get relevant answers. I think that's something that's coming more and more for the future. I think for companies, uh, companies like Sandvik, for instance, come to us when they are in heavy growth, when they're in heavy transformation, are looking to periods where they want to acquire or merge with other companies. Those are three, the three most kind of in situations where new companies come to us for help. And uh, we often help with uh, data insights, how of the world looks like, skills, supply, demand, geolocation placings, for instance. We work with competitive analysis, workforce planning. Um, obviously, we work a lot with recruitment and attraction. Johan, as Lisa says, Sandvik is one of the companies using uh, LinkedIn as a tool for finding the right employees. Uh, do you agree with her standpoints on the benefits for us as an employer? Absolutely. I think it's uh, it, it has been... a almost a bit scary how much we are using LinkedIn, I think, over the last years. And, and if we look at it as an, a, a recruitment and sourcing channel, it's become uh, tremendously important for us so that we actually can be very specific and, and uh, 
channel down the searches we are doing, but also to attract people with backgrounds that we would probably not be so, it wouldn't be so easy for us to find them otherwise. So okay. it's, it's been a very important tool. But are you happy with the with the so to say the smorgasbord that Lisa has, or if you if you could pass on her wish list, what what well, applications would you Well, I think first of all, uh, I'm sure that Lisa would wish us to use much more because then she could sell some more stuff to us. But <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I think that we are we take it very seriously. We have seen a, if you look at the number of followers, it's actually one of the KPIs that I follow up with the group executive management mm -hmm. to see how it's uh, is progressing. Of course, we also have other channels that we are using. So, uh, so ah. So, so, but LinkedIn is by far the, the largest one if you look on the, on the web. Lisa mentioned learning, and I think that's, uh, that is an area if you look at what, where, where we're heading. And, and of course, if I look at my son who's 15 now, how he's using uh, the knowledge that's available on the web. Mm. Uh, that is a tremendous transformation we are in the middle of now. And uh, we have a dialogue with LinkedIn about uh, if, if learning will be included in that relationship moving forward. So I think that's, that is a key area. Uh, to okay. take it forward. Uh, I'm also a bit curious about to see how you could actually find more uh, industry trend forums or so to say. Actually, now I think that could be an area where we could uh, develop further to to have topics that are covered in mm. in different ways uh, as a follower, uh, not scrolling 90 meters a day, but actually look at if you're interested in artificial intelligence or whatever it could be that we could slice it in a different way. Yeah, good. So we'll have to take those. Uh, those insights to your uh, development. Absolutely, department. and I'm, I'm, we've discussed this before, but learning is obviously one of our key foundations mm. going forward. We think that with the world evolving in the way that it is, with artificial intelligence mm. uh, sort of appreciated skills gap right now, the key will be for every employee in any business to keep on steady, constantly, everyday learning. Yeah. That will be key for not, for not only for the company, but actually for people individually to be relevant on the work market mm. in a totally changing, transforming workplace. So I couldn't agree more. So there's a lot, lot of things changing, of course. So when you look into the future, Lisa, having all this uh, data uh, knowledge and the, the the capability to look at the data, what what are the major trends in the in, in this area? So we can see that there are three major elements driving the change and transformation in the global workforce right now. One of them is the today um, appreciated skills gap by there is not a CEO in the world that we meet that says, oh, it's so easy to recruit. People are just lining up. <laughs> in the entire Western world, if we would just go from U the US sort of West Coast up into Asia and passing Europe in the middle, there is a very big skills gap of the skills in demand. And when saying skills in demand, it's like in every single role in every single segment. Uh, everyone is you know, where expectations is that people go more digital, whatever role you are in. And there is a, in fact, in Northern Europe and Nordics where we are now, there is a very strong also skills um, sort of lack of supply where whenever you need to recruit someone, you have to literally steal someone from the competition. Yeah. That means that you need to be very authentic in your uh, employee brand. You need to come with a very compelling offer. It states a lot of, lot of responsibility on the employer to get someone mm -hmm. over. Whilst in the US, you have a situation with 40 million jobs open, 6 million people unemployed. Mm -hmm. And there's a totally different skills gap there where people actually don't have the skills required. Okay. And th that goes back to social economics and so on. The other bigger thing coming around the corner is obviously the gig economy, where people go in and out 
out of different assignments by the hour, by mm. the project. Or, and if you look again into the US, you have somewhere between 25 and 30 percent of people working in the gig economy, where Uber and the likes are only maybe half a percent. Mm. So actually, that's also where we see all segments, all roles, uh, from lawyers to architects to journalists to nurses to doctors. Everyone is somehow incorporated in those 25 to 30 percent in um sweden we saw the first half year in 2017 an increase of nine percent of gigas that's that's a big big increase for a very small country and whilst in if you look at australia they're, they're probably the most sort of um expanded market in the gig economy where you can see up more to gains 40 percent of the market already working the gig the third parameter that's driving the workforce is obviously ai artificial intelligence and machine learning robotics and what we see is that obviously all jobs that will be that can be replaced by ai will be replaced by ai we see this as the fourth industrial revolution and what we also feel very confident in is that that in every industrial revolution more jobs have been created you know, there's never been a less need for human capital. It's always been more need of human capital, but there will be new skills required. And they're back to what Jorn was talking about earlier on learning. It's up to every single one of us to keep on our constant learning and to make learning maybe a, a part of your life. Because in five years time, I think that we will all be valued on the market for the knowledge that we bring to the company, either in gig or not. The networks that we have and the references that we come with to, to any company or to any employer, anyone who would want to pay for your hours to be frank and um, I think the roles that are most in demand today uh, like you would have last year we peaked in social media marketing over the world that was a role a competence that actually wasn't even invented six seven Mm. years ago and yeah it's amazing and the roles that will be you know the most in the sort of in demand in six seven years they're not even invented yet so the only way to be relevant is to just keep on learning Mm. but when you talk to your uh, colleagues you're head of the Nordics. When yeah. you talk to your colleagues, head of uh, other areas yes. in the world, do you ha- do you have the same uh, do you have the same thoughts yes. you discuss, or is there a difference between the Nordics and the rest of the world? So I would say that they are, you know, increasingly and decreasingly important all mm-hmm. over the globe. But these are the absolute three that we see over the entire globe. There is very limited difference if you look between the US, if APAC and EMEA. These are the three things that are kind of changing mm. the entire workforce. Mm. So a lot of the trends you described, Lisa, will, of course, affect uh, Sandvik as well. Uh, as a global engineering company, global, uh, we will face a lot of more uh, digitalization, automation, electrification. To be strong in these areas will put pressure on us to find employees with different engineering skills than we used to look for in the past. So you want, would you agree what I'm saying? Is this, is this a challenge for Sandvik? Or, and uh, if so, how, how should you... Uh, I it. think I would like to see it in two ways. I think it's, uh, first of all, if you look at the, the development in artificial intelligence, and, and I listened to a really interesting presentation last week here in Stockholm, where I said that about 10% of the jobs will disappear completely, but 70% of the jobs will be affected. And of course, that means that you need to have a different competence. Uh, and I think what Lisa also mentioned about how fast things are moving. I think we, we are in the middle of this revolution. It's not ahead of us. We, we are there. And I think it's it's not a, a quantum leap by everyone. It's kind of constant development and uh, being really agile on the market from a company and from for individuals. Uh, going back five years, uh, I actually read uh, some notes from a management meeting in one of our biggest PAs, which was from 1999, where they talked about Internet and they had no capacity to answer emails. 
And I mean, that's 19 years ago, and it's a yeah. long time, but it's... And then to believe that we can predict what it will look like in 19 years from now, I think it's just naive. So it's mm. better to focus here now, coming two, three, four, five years and see what happens. But my conclusion is, is just that everything will change all the time, and we need to be constantly uh, in the game, so to say. Yeah. And learning will be key. Mm. Then the areas will, will differ. We need to have a new competence in-house, we need to sell in different ways, we need to work in different ways, we need to benefit from the opportunities that it gives us in, in to be ahead of, of the uh, competitors when it comes to, uh, to deliver value for our customers and of course to earn more money. Yeah. So I think it's, it is a fantastic business opportunity, but of course it's also a challenge when it is to, to acquire the, com uh, the competence. And I actually met the guy from, from Tampere yesterday and we, we talked about this and uh, he was in a leadership training and, and uh, he said that, that Tampere is kind of epicentrum in Finland for mining and of yeah. course it's a lot of digitalization, Sandvik is working super close to the universities over there which is great and they have a tough time to to recruit, not because they're not attractive but because there are no volumes, I mean okay. Tampere is not uh, that big city mm. but I think our, our competitive advantage is that you can apply the digital competence and what you learn in university on real stuff. I mean, mining is real stuff. I think that's that's our key selling point is that you can apply this digital competence mm -hmm. that you acquire in the universities and transform an industry instead yeah. of only working with apps and, and being on, oh. on the completely digital side. So that, that's side. kind of an ace. I, th I think it real, is. And we should, be proud, we should be proud of where we're coming from yeah. and to really benefit from that part. Mm. And, and I think that also, that in combination with strong values and a strong culture. And Lisa, look, looking mm. at Sandvik uh, from the outside, mm. what, what, what advice would you give to a company like Sandvik that has to, to attract a kind of a new competences uh, in the future? How... how can we how, how can we act to to deliver on this so i think first you're in a great position so you have a digital leadership mm. that's number one uh, then i think it's looking to if we look slightly in the future so 2025 we think that about 75 percent of our members will be uh, millennials so thinking that we have 575 million members today, that will be, if we just continue on the same growth, just prediction of trend, would be that we're around a billion members then. Mm. So 750 of them would be uh, millennials and below. And then you would look into what's driving them. There you have exactly what Johan said, they're the most purpose-driven generation ever to be in the workforce. They want to do good. And I think that they, we have an absolutely great business offering, or Sandvik has a great business offering to that market in doing good in the ways that you are changing the mm. world today, in the ways that we can deliver sustainable value for both clients, for the world, for the members, for anyone around you. And I think the important thing here is to see that the authenticity in where we are, sort of the reality in where Sandvik is as a business, that we're not saying that everything is perfect when mm. you come in. If you're picking you know, engineers from the market who are picking between Google, Facebook or or Sandvik mm. or LinkedIn, by the way, then it's like, why would they start here? Mm. That's a genuine, authentic offer. And it needs, and it's probably to be a part of a journey that will be transformed. Yeah. You will be owning really crucial parts that you wouldn't be able to own in a different company. And I think it's important that all of us that 
will not be able to compete with salaries, will not be able to mm. compete with the best benefits in Silicon Valley and so on. We will have to compete with other things. And we have to compete with purpose, with culture and values and recruitment process, and I think leadership. Mm. So we often forget the element of our leadership. And also, to be, now I'm picking on this again, but like the learning element, because thinking that people will only be as relevant as your own mm. knowledge is in the future. And there you want to be in an environment where there are other great people who can teach you things on a daily basis. You want to be around great leaders who can help you transform. And th those will be the key elements while you're there. I also think that like, we need to change the way that we approach mm. candidates. And we need to give them a sentiment of that they can belong here. Mm. But do you, see, uh, do, you see, do you see any risk of, of overselling when you, when you tell... Uh potential recruits that this is uh, this is all the great stuff we have at our company both in Sandvik and LinkedIn uh, and then and then it has to kind of match with what what actually happens when they start working. Absolutely. Do you see any yeah. risks? There? Huge risk, not only for Sandvik, like for everyone that we oversell the company yeah. that we're in. I mean, probably like the biggest brands like Google and Spotify have the biggest problem here because their brand is already oversold yeah. <laughs> before people start. Yeah. So they probably need to work on taking down the expectations. Mm. Actually, this is work. <laughs> you know, you really need to work. It's here. not just listening it's to music, it's work. Yeah, so. exactly. And I think that it's really, and I think today it's like the consumers out there, whatever we're buying, we, we Google and we oh. YouTube stuff and we check it out. People will be looking at something from LinkedIn, from Glassdoor, from any oh. other angle before they pick and choose you as an employer. So I think it's very, it's very important to be honest oh. and to be careful with the words that you pick. Oh. And, but then remembering that people will be evaluating on your purpose, oh. on your leadership, and on how they can transform within your business. How can they learn and how can they, when they get to the next, you know, their next play, yeah. wherever they will be, will they be more relevant if they worked at Sandvik? Mm. So do, do you agree on what, uh, what risks yeah, I think to be uh, To be really transparent and, and uh, congruent is key. I mean, if we don't have our staff, uh, and if we're not a great place to work and our staff are not our, our best ambassadors, then we are lost. Mm. We, we need to focus on that. I mean, that's for me that there are a few things we're doing. I think is great. We have uh, more than 500 of managers going through our internal trainings every year. I think that's key. Uh, I visited one yesterday. It's a fantastic experience. Mm. You create this melting point of people from all over the world and, and they get together and they have different business challenges. They're in different industries. They're in different geographies. They come from different cultures, but they have this part in common, which is the cultural thing mm. and also a view on how we would like to run this company. I think these things are, are super important moving forward. So I, I fully agree of the importance of, of uh, not overselling mm. and being honest and people understand that this is, uh, I mean, th there is a reality that we need to live with. Mm. So, and when it comes to leadership, I, I think it's super important, becoming more and more important. And I expect people that are employed by Sandvik to take responsibility for own development, to take responsibility for career development, to apply for jobs. We have an open job market that is super important for me. We can provide a smorgasbord of opportunities, but we can't make people use them. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing as when we looked at it from a learning perspective. You're not going to be spoon-fed with things here, but we can provide opportunities. Mm. And I think that's, that is a big shift if we go back 10 years ago. Mm. It's, uh, uh, but it's also, I'm sure, that also what's going to make us attractive moving forward. Mm. Uh, we talked a bit about the gig economy, mm. but uh, could we come back to that? Uh, what, what's your view on the gig economy uh, connected to, to LinkedIn and to Sandvik? How, how, will we, how will you navigate and 
Lisa, and how will you navigate you in the in the new gig economy? So I think the the gig economy puts pressure on a few things uh, in a business. One of them is obviously recruitment. We need to get faster. We need to have better processes. We need to see that everyone in HR and related, also hiring managers, have access to the same data, just in the same way as all salespeople internally that have contact, or salespeople, project management, you know, everyone internally has same access to CRM data on clients to be able to be kind of ahead of the game when contacts, client contact you. In the same way, I think that in, a, in order to be ahead of the game for the future in recruitment, everyone who is contact with candidates need to have the same database there as well. Now, um, in my world, that would be kind of to have access to LinkedIn data the uh, in order to speed up the processes build talent pools always be ahead of the game on recruitment as hiring managers we have an increasingly accountability on always be pipelining always see you know succession to all your key people and key roles um I think learning is also like we've talked a lot about that now, but keep your staff on learning. I've, I ask all of my staff to keep on learning, like think of it mentally as do it now or day. Then on yours note, uh, previously, I think the last element for me would be recruit, uh, not recruitment, uh, it would be leadership. So you asked like, how do you do that in the future? And I think in the future, maybe five, seven years from now, we'll have teams that maybe if I have a team of 10, five might be fixed term employees, mm. uh, three might be full giggers in just on an assignment and two might be half working fixed employees somewhere else but we buy half a day from them every week or and the the biggest kind of i think challenge but also opportunity for leadership and i think this will redefine how we see leadership is to to create an environment not just about diversity and inclusion but about in belonging mm. and why i say that is so important is because we will have to gain so much speed and transformation in every team to become to stay on competition on the market that there needs to be a very fast element of trust in every team mm. so that you can speak your mind so that we can innovate in the speed that we need to in order to gain competitive advantage. And there's, um, like diversity has been in, in you know, sp spoken about for 10 years now. And diversity, if you would compare this to a party, yeah. diversity would be that everyone's invited. Inclusion is that you're invited to come up and dance, like you're in the crowd. Yeah. But belonging, which is we're after to create, gain mm -hmm. trust in order to gain innovation, that's about dancing your ugly dance, <laughs> still being accepted, yeah. you know, having your moves and everyone, everyone high fives. Yeah. And that's, and and that's not so easy mind. for a, a leader to handle that no, new role, I guess. And that's a totally different. You know, that's yeah. when management has become foundation. Mm. And leadership is about getting the most of every single person that you want to mm. have in your team. Do you agree, Gerald? Is, uh, is that something that our leaders have to uh, I think be able I, to handle in the future? Would be, <laughs> no, I, I fully agree. I think it's, uh, I think it's key. Well, a reflection is, because uh, I, I mean, we see this, uh, the gig side a lot in IT already. It's, it's happening. Yeah. And, and uh, I think the experience I have is at least to how we create that kind of belonging and how when we hire people or because people are representing Sandvik regardless if they mm -hmm. are from the outside or not and they need to be part of a constellation a team mm -hmm. somehow uh, and I think the important when we take people on board that we ensure that they can be good Sandvik representatives and that they actually add they don't have to be a perfect cultural fit but they should add a dimension that we need mm. and be we should they should be proud of being at Sandvik as well and that can be short term long term and so forth I think that dimension is 
is key when we look at sourcing uh, these things. So we don't just look at the expertise and so mm. forth. And it also needs to be a cultural fit. Mm. Are we on top of this already or do you think we have to focus uh, even I more on it? No, with the expansion of, of uh, people being part of, of the gig side, I think we need to focus further mm. on this because it's easy to be when you put up a specification what you what you need that you you just uh, work with the hard uh, competences so yeah. to say but you also need to look at the other parts because that's what's going to make it successful over time mm. uh, and when it comes to learning i get the very strong impression <laughs> that you think that this is <laughs> yeah. this is uh, a key for the future as well uh, but do you, th- do you think that we would be able to find the right employees uh, being educated in the traditional schools or so on, or, or do we have to change the way we think about learning? So I think talent can be found everywhere. Yeah. It's all about what you're looking for. So uh, previously, all of the successful people have always gone to a couple of big schools. Mm. That's sort of how you knew that yeah. you know you can't be bad if you hire from Harvard. Mm. But I think today, if you look at some of the biggest entrepreneurs in the world, they haven't even they're like high school dropouts. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that's a definition of success anymore. I do think that behaviors will always be the key. Mm. You never sort of fire for lack of skills. You fire for lack of behaviors. So I think that soft skills will be increasingly important as we go forward. And I mean, look at our, like some of the most popular groups like for hiring over the world are engineers and sales, of course. Right now, you want to develop as much product as you want, and then you need to sell it. And the soft skills, when looking at those groups exactly, are probably the most important. It's not about what you learned in school. It's about how you sort of develop, took that forward, the relationships that you build, the teams that you are in, how you can create value, either being an engineer or in a salesperson. Johan, do you think we can trust on the the education people have when they come here, or do we have to, uh, to educate them even more in the future once they are hired? Well, I think we can trust, but two things. One is that uh, if if we believe that the change will be even faster, we need to continuously develop. And even if you are on top of it when you start, you will be behind if you don't continuously Mm. develop. So that's one side of it. The other part is if you look at the the way the educational system is set up with with traditional courses and you take your four-year education and so forth. I think there is a challenge today that we are not, they are not agile enough so we can come in and out and, and work mm. with uh, con- continuous uh, learning efforts uh, for our employees. Uh, and I also believe that we need to reach out. Now I, I have Tamper on my mind because mm. I talked to them yesterday, but uh, we have such expertise in our company that we should allow the, the universities to benefit from. Mm. And of course, that would be a fantastic, we do this already, I know that, yeah. but we can do it much more. And that, of course, that's a fantastic employee branding activity for us to connect with the students. Sure. So if we, we can't sit and complain that we the, com- the universities don't have the right competence mm. and we have it, let them borrow it and, yeah. and support the development. So I think we need to work much closer with some of the uh, this, uh, the, the actors in the educational system. Mm. Great. Thank you both so much for sharing your, uh, your thoughts and insights. And before I let you go, I would, uh, I would like to ask you, Lisa, if you had to leave LinkedIn <laughs> and take on a new position at Sandvik. Mm-hmm. At Sandvik? At Sandvik. Oh, what, interesting. Uh, what, what role would, role would you would apply for? So I think, genuinely, I think that Johan has a very interesting role going forward. Uh, HR is, of course, like the account- most accountable partner for the strategic direction of the people going long term. And I think that's a super interesting play, uh, especially within your industry. So I think I would go for Johan's role or I would go for chief digital officer. 
So I think you have a very interesting play with the minds and, you know, AI and so many processes that without knowing where you are in this area, I must say. So it's more like the area as such is interesting. Good. So let's let's make room for Lisa and, and move you, Johan. But we still want you on the company. So so you have to apply for another job. Oh, I thought it. he was going to apply to LinkedIn. Now I was really keen <laughs> to hear. Like, <laughs> no, what, what we, would, we're <laughs> would you be going for Johan. my role? <laughs> Sorry, we're keeping Johan. But you have yeah. to apply for another job. Oh, that's very nice of you. That I, at least I was allowed to stay. So <laughs> so now I think that being a bit nerdy on these HR topics and having worked with it for so many years, it would be quite interesting to have a, a more of a business leader position to actually yeah. see if if what I believe works for me in in the real world. Okay, so taking on a product area yeah, or kind of that yeah. in the mining machining. I don't know. You know, I have my Steel. background in in uh, in San Vicorman, so I probably know that business the most. But I think I'm a bit fascinated by the mining business. I think it's it's so super cool. Yeah. You combine like the mega big stuff uh, with really really front end uh, development in the digitalization, automation, and so forth. So I think that's uh, it's a fascinating industry for me. So. Okay, I'll talk to Lars Engström. And I see would what appreciate you can do. that. You can just <laughs> yeah. listen a little bit. So. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. So thank you very much again. Thank you. Bye-bye.